Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, guys? Welcome to I Do Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. 
Whether you're dating, single, married, or struggling in a relationship, we're here to help give you the tools to succeed. And we're so sorry we missed you last week. Chase, Stella, and myself all had a nasty bout of food poisoning, so we had to skip a week. It was not fun. No, not at all. Actually, this is my first time having food poisoning, and I feel sorry for anybody who has ever experienced it. Yeah, but we are back this week, and we welcome Dr. Margaret Paul, and Dr. Paul was great. There was so much value in today's episode. She has successfully worked with thousands of individuals and taught classes and seminars for 48 years teaching people how to improve their relationships, how to improve themselves. So she has a ton of knowledge as a trained uh, psychologist with a PhD in psychology, a public speaker and consultant and relationship expert and author. So Dr. Paul has so much information and we zero in and talk about the inner bonding process, which is a process that she's actually created. And it's a self-healing six-step process. And really, I found a lot of value in today's episode because she talks about how to be kinder and have more self-compassion and how to walk yourself through these steps to to understand where this criticism, this self-judgment is coming from and then how to address it so you move forward in a positive way and that you're eventually not being critical of yourself. And what's that going to do? That's going to improve yourself. You're going to be happier. You're going to feel more free. You're not going to be anxious. I know, like I said, I personally have been working on this myself for years trying to dial it in. It's a never-ending process, but the it's a process we need to take And not only are you going to improve yourself, you're going to improve your relationship. So if you're in a relationship, you're going to be able to come to that relationship with a more clear head and more clear feelings about yourself. You're not going to project those feelings onto your partner. And even if you don't feel like you're self-critical, you should be going through these steps. It's going to help you and your partner a lot. So Definitely listen to the six-step process that Dr. Paul takes us through, and we appreciate you guys listening, as always, and enjoy the show. Support for I Do Podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, Dr. Paul. Thanks for joining us again for a second interview. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Dr. Paul, we've given our listeners a little overview. So why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Well, I actually knew by the time I was five years old that this is what I wanted to do. I was one of those kids that always knew what I wanted to do. I always help people. It's, it, you know, it's sort of in my soul. And uh, I, I love sharing what I've learned over these many years with people because it actually does work. 
Um, the inner bonding process, which we've developed over the last over 30 years, is such a powerful process for helping people to finally heal. And so I'm really excited to share all this with you today. Absolutely. And that's why we love doing this show is is getting the information for ourselves and then sharing it with our listeners. And I want to zero in, we're going to zero in on the inner bonding process and talk about how it can help people heal abandonment issues. So why don't you tell us what the inner bonding process is? Inner bonding is a six-step process. It's an emotional, um, psychological, and spiritual process that when people learn it and practice it, it, it teaches them how to heal their false beliefs and how to truly learn how to love themselves in, in so many different areas, emotionally and spiritually and in relationships and financially and organizationally and, um, you know, so many, so many different ways of, um, of taking care of ourselves. So many people have never learned how to take care of themselves, whether it's physically or emotionally or financially or with other people. They, they just don't know how to do it. And so the practice of inner bonding uh, helps them tap into um, an inner or higher source of guidance that helps them learn how to do that. And what do you find, is there one particular step that proves to be more valuable or a good place to start for people? And can we go over that step if there is one? Well, um, you have to start at step one. Yeah. <laughs> and um, step one of inner bonding um, is essential. People can't move on to the other steps without it. And step one is the willingness to learn to be present inside your body. You know, most of us learned to be in our heads when we were little because we just couldn't manage the pain. So we had to disconnect from our bodies. But now we need to get back inside our bodies and be present. And we have to be willing to feel all of our feelings, including our painful feelings, rather than avoid them. Because all of our feelings have vital information for us. And if we avoid them, we don't get that information. You know, it's just like if you're, um, if you have numbed your hand out with Novocaine, you put your hand on a hot stove, you could badly burn your hand and not know it because you're not feeling it. And it's the same thing on the inner level. If we don't know that we're feeling pain, then how do we know what we're doing to cause it or what's happening externally to cause it? And how do we know what to do about it? So step one is getting present in our body with our feelings, willing to feel our feelings. How do you suggest somebody start to become present? Well, one of the ways is to practice um, a mindful breathing process. Many people do this in medication in meditation, where you you breathe deep and you follow your breath. When you breathe, your breath goes inside your body. And so if you put your mind on your breath and you follow your breath, um, it's called mindful breathing, you follow your breath inside your body, you start to focus inside your body. And if then if you scan your body, you start to tune into the physical sensations that are going on inside your body. Um, these are actually the sensations that people have learned to avoid. Um, you know, the, the tension, the tightness, the fear, the anxiety, the depression, these, these show up as physical sensations in the body. And we need to embrace them 
and learn from them rather than avoid them. It's so valuable in in life, in your relationship with yourself and with others to take that time to really get into tune, take a second, breathe, and and just become present. And it just relieves a lot of tension. Just just the simple act of just taking even one big deep breath in and then out. It, it's amazing what that does to us uh, physically and psychologically. Well, that's right. And also, if you imagine, let's say that you have a child and the child comes to you stressed out, upset, crying. And if you take a minute to just sit with the child, put your arm around the child, just be with the child, that will immediately help to regulate that child's feelings if you're in an open and loving state. The same thing happens on the inner level. If we go inside with openness, with caring, with kindness, and compassion towards our feelings, we will immediately begin to feel better. And that then can move us into the next step of inner bonding, which is moving into what we call the intention to learn. In the inner bonding process, there's only two intentions at any given moment. One is the intention to protect against our pain with some form of controlling or self-abandoning behavior. And the other is the intention to learn about loving ourselves and sharing our love with others. And so once we move inside and we create a bit of calmness, we can then move into our heart and and decide consciously, I want to learn. I want to learn about what I'm doing or what's happening with somebody else that's causing my upset. And I want to learn what would be loving to myself, what would be in my highest good. And so we, we consciously decide to learn, and we invite the presence of our higher self, which is the presence of love and compassion, into our heart, simply by saying, I invite you into my heart. And that's what creates what we call, in inner bonding, the loving adult self. It's just like, again, with a child, um, if a child is upset, and you were to say to the child, well, what's the matter with you? You're upset again. The child isn't going to feel safe. The child is going to feel scared and not tell you. But if you were to approach the child with kindness, oh, honey, you seem so upset. Um, What's the matter? I'm right here for you. The child will feel safe to let you in. And that's what happens on the inner level. When we move into a kind and compassionate, loving adult self, then that child, which is our feeling self inside, will be willing to tell us, what's going on. So that's what happens in step two. We move into the intention to learn. In step three, we do a dialogue process where you're asking your feeling self, which is again your inner child, what am I doing? How am I treating you? What am I telling you that's causing you to be upset? Or what's happening with this other person? Or what's happening with a situation that's so upsetting to you? We open to learning and we dialogue with our feeling self and if we discover what we're doing how we're treating ourselves that's making us feel bad then we can go even deeper and explore the beliefs the false beliefs that are leading to our own unloving behavior with ourselves and and maybe this is a good time to talk about some of the ways that we abandon ourselves would you like me to do that absolutely So I have isolated four ways 
that we abandon ourselves. One is, as I said earlier, we stay up in our head. We don't stay connected to our body. And, and that's like if a child comes to you upset and you're you know, busy working on your computer, you just go right on working on your computer. You ignore the child. We do that. We stay up in our head and we ignore our feelings. Another form of self-abandonment is that we judge ourselves. You know, many people judge themselves so harshly. They tell themselves they've got to be perfect and they didn't do it good enough and they're such a jerk and they're a loser and they're ugly and they're not good enough and they're not worthy of love and they go on and on. And they would never treat an actual child like that, hopefully, the way they treat their own inner child. And of course, this causes a lot of inner pain. So we want to become aware of our self-criticism, self-judgment, and we want to become aware of why do we do this? What am I telling my, you know, why am I telling myself these things? What do I hope for in telling myself these things? And then another way that we abandon ourselves is that we ignore our feelings with a lot of addictions. We turn to food or drugs or alcohol, or we turn to work, or we get angry at somebody. We get addicted to anger, or we get addicted to caretaking and trying to get love from somebody else, or or to TV, or to sports, or gambling, or any number of things, uh, internet, porn. Um, there's so many ways that people become addicted to uh, things and activities and substances in order to avoid responsibility for their own feelings. And so, of course, that leaves that feeling part of us all alone inside. And the fourth way is that we hand this inner child, this feeling self, away to somebody else. We make somebody else responsible for our feelings. Like, you, you have to love me for me to be okay. You have to approve of me. You have to give me attention in order for me to feel okay. And so we hand that responsibility to somebody else. Well, the minute we do that, we're actually rejecting ourselves. That inner child part of us, that feeling part of us, is now feeling rejected by us. So right off the bat, the minute we do any of these self-abandoning things, but especially making somebody else responsible for us, we end up feeling alone and rejected on the inner level. Where do you find or what is the main cause that you've seen that causes people to have these abandonment issues? Is it their childhood and how they're raised or is it, are there other things? Yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly the role modeling. You know, if people look back, they can see that this is what their parents did. Uh, this is what teachers might have done. This is what other role models or in the media did. We learn, you know, in, in, from many, many different ways how to, um, how to abandon ourselves rather than how to love ourselves. You know, if, if you think back to your childhood and you think about what did your parents do when they were upset, uh, how many people ever saw their parents sit down and say, I'm really feeling upset. wonder how I'm treating myself. wonder what there is to learn here. You know, that's not what they role modeled. And so that's not what we learned to do. They role modeled moving away from their feelings, not towards them. And that's what we all learned to do. This is all, there's so much value in here and there's so many different things to dissect, but I want to talk about the, the abandonment and, and, the judging yourself and being hard on yourself. I find I'm definitely my, and like many people, I'm sure listening, I'm my own worst critic. Right. And I try to look at that 
from two different angles and and I think there are some positives perhaps because that's what causes me to get out of the bed and and strive to to do better because but or am I just saying that to justify my <laughs> criticism in but I guess can we dissect that a little because I I find I struggle with that as as a father as a husband as a I'm an I'm a professional athlete so I'm if I'm just like oh you know it's all good I'm doing the best I can well I may not strive to to train harder or to do better but then it's like at the same time it's never good enough and I I can't be content so so uh yeah what would you tell someone like myself uh to do so, Chase, I, I know that there's a belief in there, uh, in the area that we call the wounded self, the ego, that says I have to judge and criticize myself to motivate myself to really do well. And what I would say to you is that anytime you've done well, it's in spite of that and not because of it. Um, if you look at small children, and how old are, are your children? We have one daughter who's 18 months. Okay. Now, do you think that she needs to be criticized and judged in order to do the learning that she's very rapidly doing? Absolutely not. That's right. And so all of us are actually very self-motivated. And if we were to have grown up in an environment where we were seen and valued and loved and encouraged, um, we would never need any criticism or judgment at all. Um, Children stop learning so well once they get that criticism and they and that judgment and uh, they absorb the belief and likely from you know from their parents that they have to be hard on themselves in order to get themselves motivated Um, I I assure you that if you were to really learn to see and love and value yourself on all levels rather than criticize yourself, you would find yourself doing way better even than you're doing now. Because when we have to, when we criticize ourselves, we create a tension inside. And we don't learn nearly as well when we're tense as when we're really open and relaxed and following our, our soul's desire to fully manifest all that we are. Each of us has that soul's desire to fully manifest all that we are. We don't need to be pushed and criticized in order to do that. Does that make sense to you, Chase? Absolutely. And I think it is important. I am aware of it. I think that, like you said, that's kind of the first step is understanding. Um, And it's just interesting. I don't want to dissect myself. I I do, but but, uh, not necessarily in in a single podcast probably much right. longer but but i i did have very and i do have very nurturing parents and i don't they did push me but maybe you know there was something in there that that caused me to even if it was my own belief that i created um that i needed to to sort of judge that but you mentioned the the tension that is is created and that's a great way to describe it because it does feel like there's this there's this uh tension or anxiety to to prove something and to prove it to others or to prove it to myself and when I when I let go of that it, it is such a relief and I think like so many things in life it is a balance to to be aware of it and and to be self-motivated and when you do have setbacks instead of that initial reaction of criticism just taking it 
a step back, looking at it objectively, and how would you, at that point, what would be some self-dialogue that, that someone like myself in that situation could say? Maybe we didn't reach the goal, we, we feel like we're not um, operating where we should be. What can, what can someone tell themselves? Well, first of all, we all have to um, say to ourselves that it's okay to make mistakes, it's okay to fail, um, and those are all just part of learning. You know, if, if it's not okay to make a mistake or not okay to fail, then again, that creates so much tension that it might immobilize a person. So we have to always make it okay to make mistakes, recognize that we're human, and that's going to happen. But right now, I'd love to move on to step four with you, Chase. Absolutely. Because, you know, with this um, issue of, uh, you know, of criticizing yourself and thinking, believing that it helps you, um, can you imagine... Do you, do you have a connection with a higher source of wisdom that you can turn to? Maybe nothing in the, in the traditional um, religious sense, but I definitely try through meditation and stuff within myself, probably nature. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, so what I'd like you to do right now is just imagine an older, wiser part of you, like you 100 years from now. You, you know, very wise, very loving, very powerful. Imagine that you're just like sitting at a table with this older, wiser part of you. And imagine that you're asking this older, wiser self, um, do I need to be hard on myself in order to motivate myself to do well? Or am I doing well in spite of that? Now ask that question and then imagine the answer. Imagine what an older, wiser part of you would say to you. Probably no. (laughs) Right. So now I'd like you to imagine that you're asking that older, wiser self. Um, So if I'm not going to be hard on myself, what would be loving to me? What would uh, be supportive of uh, motivating me to be the best I can be? Just imagine that you're asking that and imagine what the answer would be. Yeah, it it would be that everything is good. It is good enough. You know, whatever you are doing is uh, is good enough for for you and and the people around you. Okay, so then see, this is what step four is. Step four is asking a higher authority, whatever that is for a person, what the truth is about any false beliefs and what the loving action is. And it sounds like what your higher guidance is saying to you is, you know, when you accept that what you're doing is good enough and you stop pushing yourself, you might even find yourself doing better than if you were criticizing yourself and telling yourself that you're not good enough. Yeah. How do you think, how, how do you think that would feel if you imagined, you know, really accepting that what you're doing is good enough, that you are good enough and kind of freeing yourself just to kind of go with who you are rather than having to prove anything, how would that feel? Liberating, absolutely. Right, okay, so that's step five. Step five is taking the loving action, which you just imagined taking, and step six is tuning into how it would feel. And the fact that it feels liberating says that that is loving action. Whatever feels relieving, liberating, freeing, that's loving action. If it creates more tension, then it's not loving action. 
So that's just a bit of the six steps of inner bonding. But now it would be great if you actually tried that, Chase, and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And and I appreciate you running through that for me and for our listeners. And it's uh, it's something that I've been working on. Um, I read uh, Tara Bach has a book, uh, Radical Acceptance, which uh-huh. talks a lot about that. And I read that a couple years ago. And I would just say, and, and like so many things in relationships and with ourselves is just hearing this is great, but unless you put it into practice and it's not going to happen overnight, like <laughs> just because I go through these steps, um, doesn't mean that the next time these feelings come up, they're just, it's automatic. I'm going to automatically not be hard on myself. So no. And, yeah. and like anything, you know, like anything that's worth learning, it takes practice. Exactly. Um, but hopefully you become a little bit more conscious of judging yourself because sometimes you know we do it and we don't realize that we're judging ourselves and that's why step one of inner bonding is being tuned into your feelings because sometimes it's a lot easier to be aware of the tension that you feel as a result of self-judgment than of the self-judgment itself but if you were to be aware oh my god i'm feeling tense right now i wonder what i'm telling myself and then you were to go in and say, oh, I'm, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. I'm telling myself that I, I got to do it better and I'm not doing it good enough and I've got to prove myself on and on and on. It's never good enough. Um, then you start to be aware that you're doing that. And it's through the awareness of it that you can change that. Um, it, it was many years ago that I became aware of how anxious I was and I, I traced it down to all this self-judgment. It was just endless self-judgment, especially around other people. You know, I wasn't saying the right thing or doing the right thing or looking good enough or acting right or any of this. And so I just started noticing, you know, when I was anxious, noticing the judgment without judging myself for judging myself because that will stop the process and, and just being aware of it. Yeah, I can definitely tell when Chase is being aware of it and meditating in the morning because he just seems a little more, I don't want to say carefree, but just not as hard on himself. And when we're having conversations about, um, you know, how he's feeling, I can just definitely tell that being aware of those feelings, uh, that alone helps improve the way he is feeling. Well, yes. And, and that's, and that's true of all of us. And that's why we want to practice step one. We want to practice being in our body and noticing the moment we feel anything other than peace and fullness inside. And as soon as we feel, you know, anything other than peace and fullness, to learn to go through the steps of inner bonding, discover how we're treating ourselves, what the truth is, what the loving action is, and to take that action. And I'm sure you can see that if people were really doing this and were taking responsibility for their own feelings, that this would hugely improve relationships because um, relationships thrive when people are taking responsibility for their happiness, for their pain, for filling themselves up with love and coming and sharing that love or sharing their insight, sharing their learning with each other. But if they're coming to the other person to get that person to make them feel like they're okay, then they're, they're trying to manipulate or control. They're pulling on that person in some way. And when each person is doing that, um, th- then they create a codependent relationship 
you know, one person may be pulling with anger and the other may be pulling with caretaking, giving themselves up, and neither of these work very well. And so neither one are neither one ends up feeling loved and, and blaming each other for it because they're not getting what they need from that person. Whereas when you're learning to fill yourself up with love, you can share that love with your partner, and that's what creates a truly loving relationship. That's awesome that you just shared that because that was going to be the next thing I, I asked you to share with us and our listeners is how does this all tie into the relationships? And it's so powerful that if someone can go through this process, even if you don't feel like you're critical of yourself necessarily or have abandonment issues, that there's always value in working on ourselves, finding that introspection, and then that's just going to add so much value to your existing relationship. Or even if you're single, when you go into a relationship, you're going to be in a great place. Well, yes. And and since we tend to attract at our common level of woundedness or our common level of self-abandonment or our common level of, of health and self-love, if you want to attract a truly loving relationship, you first need to learn to love yourself, to take responsibility for your own feelings. And you'd be surprised at what happens in terms, not only in terms of your current relationships, but in terms of the people that you attract into your life. Absolutely. Positive attracts positive energy, love, all of that is going to, if you're putting that out, that's what you're going to receive. That's absolutely right. So, I mean, everybody can, can benefit from practicing inner bonding. We don't have to have childhood abandonment issues to practice this process, although many people do. Many people just did not get the love that they needed and they were abandoned emotionally or physically or, you know, in other ways. They were neglected, they were hurt, they were abused. And so many people do have deep old abandonment issues and then they continue to re-traumatize themselves by abandoning themselves without realizing it because so many people end up treating themselves the way they were treated or the way their parents treated themselves. And so everybody can benefit by learning and practicing inner bonding, learning how to truly love ourselves and take full responsibility for our own feelings. Absolutely. Well, this is all great information. Now we got to move forward to the lasting love round. But first, we want to tell you a little about our sponsor, Talkspace. Almost every guest we've had on the show has recommended talking with the therapist as one of the most effective ways to improve yourself and your relationship. And that's why we're excited to tell you more about Talkspace. If you've ever thought about going to therapy, but found it too inconvenient, too expensive, or just too embarrassing to make it into an office, then give Talkspace a try. Talkspace is an online therapy company, and they make it easy to connect to a licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. Talkspace allows you to text, audio, and video message your therapist as much as you want. Your Talkspace therapist can listen to you vent about work or family, explore your relationship, and help put you on the path to a happier life. To sign up or to learn more, go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code I do to get $30 off your first month and to show your support for this podcast. 
That's I do in talkspace.com forward slash I do. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Well, the one thing that they can do is take a moment to breathe when there's conflict and make a choice to be open to learning rather than to be controlling because the big thing that really has a negative effect on relationships is trying to control the other person rather than be open to learning about what's happening in the conflict. So that's what I encourage people to practice, to take a breath and consciously choose to learn rather than to control. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? Well, actually, yes. Um, I teach a course called Loving Relationships. I also have a 12-week course, an at-home course. Both of these are at-home courses called The Intimate Relationship Toolbox. And my book, Do I Have to Give Up Me to Be Loved by God, is extremely helpful for relationships And for people who want more, they can go to innerbonding.com. We have a tremendous amount on there about relationships. Great. Well, all of those links will be on your show notes page on idopodcast.com. We've been married for two years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? Well, (laughs) all the more reason to practice inner bonding and learn to take responsibility for your feelings so that you don't get into the habits of trying to control each other. It's actually the self-abandoning and resulting controlling behavior that ends up ruining relationships. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Become happy yourself. The happier you are um, through learning and practicing inner bonding and taking responsibility for yourselves, the more chance you have of attracting somebody who's also happy and also taking responsibility for themselves. Well, Dr. Paul, we've really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you so much. And I didn't mention this in the beginning of the interview, but you were our very first guest and Mm. (laughs) we are so happy that you've joined us again. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. People can find me again at innerbonding.com. There's contact information there and a whole lot of other information at innerbonding.com. Our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. Well, thank you so much. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.